The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from somewhere sunny. Um, I apologize for being gone. I have been in the process of moving, so I have been dealing with that. So I have not been able to address a lot of things and talk about recent games or watch a lot of recent games. I've had to go back and watch a lot of games on tape, but it is great to be back, and it's a playoff edition of Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks here. And before we get into the playoff matchup versus the Miami Heat, which I kind of foresaw for the last several weeks, but it's now here. It's tomorrow, as I'm recording this today on Monday, April 10th. And before we get into the matchup, there is an article that has upset some Hawks fans, Trey Young fans, uh, even people behind the scenes in the Hawks franchise that came out from Kevin O'Connor with the ringer, just talking about the state of things this year. And he, uh, he as in Kevin O'Connor, proceeded to point, not point the finger directly at Trey Young for basically the team being where they are. And the article is titled, The Hawks Have Changed Everything Except Trey Young. And if you read the article, it's about a 10-minute read if you are doing other things. But for some of you, you may read a few lines and stop. And just talked about how, obviously... Two years ago, the Hawks made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and now they are in a play-in berth for the second straight year, playing the team that booted them in bad fashion, I might add, out of the first round of the playoffs last year, and you have to play them, them as the Miami Heat, a team that you have only gone one and three against this year, and you're on the road in Miami tomorrow night for winner takes all game to get the seven seed and I haven't looked at the odds but I would expect the Hawks to be the underdog in that matchup but this article this really just was an expose on front office troubles with the Hawks internal struggles surrounding Naaman Millen, Trey Young um, frustration from his teammates and talked about even though the Hawks who are already a good offensive team uh, regardless who's been at the helm and I've remained steady on that point but but certainly have gotten better from ninth to second or first depending on which publication you're looking at as far as offensively as a team their pace is picked up and it talked about how Trey has kind of stayed the same as far as how he plays and that if things don't 
be beneficial for the Hawks in the playoffs that he may ask out or the Hawks may look for for options regarding Trey Young. And I can tell you guys this from sources that I know close to the team. The Hawks have inquired about Trey Young's value, but this was months ago. But as of right now, with the relationship that Trey Young has with his front office and Tony Ressler, Trey Young is not going anywhere unless he asks to be traded. And that is the truth. That is what I've heard to people close to the team. So that aspect of the article, as far as the Hawks are open to moving anyone, including Trey Young, I don't think that warrants any merit. Now, obviously, they're going to reevaluate the roster and see if there are moves to be made with the roster and better build around Trey Young in hopes of obviously keeping him appeased and obviously keeping DeJounte Murray appeased and showing that, hey, they can build a winner here in Atlanta around those two players in the backcourt. And they would be stupid not to see if people are interested in certain players on this team, not Trey Young or DeJounte Murray. I'm not saying that at all. But to kind of see, hey, how can we better construct this roster around these two guards? Um, And certainly it has not been the greatest of pairings. I mean, yes, they ended the year 500. They've been playing 500 ball or below it the entire year. So for them to be eight in a playing spot, playing 500 ball when the East has been very competitive, the Hawks should be very, very fortunate. Now, I did predict them to be a little bit better than that. I thought their ceiling was six, but for them to be eight, it's not bad. Not in a bad spot. Now it's a tough playing draw against the Heat, which we're going to talk a little bit more about the matchup here in a bit. But back to this article, they just talked about how the Hawks have been running more motion concepts offensively that Snyder has been introducing, but it hasn't been to the scale of what Snyder put in place in Utah because he doesn't have a staff around him, yet his people, he came in with three-fourths of the season already done, essentially, and he hasn't been able to put his stamp on this team. And people say, oh, this team is turning a corner when they strung together some games. And they looked good in that three-game stretch. They did. Offense was looking good, and they were getting some stops defensively. But as I continue to say on this program, and it's been a broken record, the problem on this team is not offense. It is not offense. It is leadership. And defense, those are the two things. And you can dispute the article all you want. You can't point to anybody on this roster and say, this person is the leader of this team. You can't. I would I would love to hear your argument for whoever you choose, whether it's Trey Young, whether it's Murray, whether it's Capella. I would like for Murray to be the leader personally. I think Capella could be the defensive anchor and the leader defensively on his team. But as far as everyone else, you can't tell me anybody on his team is a true leader. 
And I know that some people are going to say, oh, well, Trey Young's young. He's still growing. How long are you going to use that excuse? Like I said, this article trying to put words in a franchise mouth about, oh, they may be interested in moving Trey Young this summer. That is just not true for what I've been hearing. So I would dispel the Ringer article there. But as far as leadership, as far as a Congo needing more of a bigger role on his team, and maybe that coincides with John Collins being traded, because I continue to say that he needs to be the four, and I don't think he needs to be a five. But there are a lot of questions that need to be answered this offseason. And it'll be an offseason where Snyder gets to really just, in the article I also alluded to, a lot of things that could happen this offseason. Quinn Snyder is going to get the final say. And that was one of the things behind closed door that I was told by sources that Quinn Snyder was wanting more control over player personnel decisions going forward with his team while he's under contract. So if anything happens with this roster, it's going to go through Quinn Snyder. I mean, I know Landry Fields, Kyle Korver, Nick Ressler, Tony Ressler, they're all going to have their input, but they've been negotiating with Quinn Snyder for a while. And the sticking point for right at the doorstep of this deal being done and being announced was player personnel control. Quinn Snyder didn't have his staff around him yet. The staff of people that he handpicked. There are still some things that need to be done this offseason, regardless of what happens in the playoffs for the Hawks, if they get in the playoffs. And I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying that even though this article tried to paint Trey Young in a certain light, and like I said, internally, people were not happy about that. But at the end of the day, there was some truth in that article. And if you remove your biases, you can objectively look and see that there's some truth in the article. There's not a great defensive team. A Kongu needs a bigger role. Trey Young and DeJounte Murray has worked at times, but I mean, it's inconsistent, which speaks to the team's 500 record this year. We have to be careful about being overly sensitive about truthful things we have to and this is not the best time for this article to come out a day before a playing game certainly it's caught the attention of some people behind closed doors on this team when you have a a big game in Miami tomorrow night against a team that you have not played well against you have not Quinn Snyder or Nate McMillan, you have not. So, like I said, the timing of this article is not great. It's not great. But at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta flush all that out. That's external, internally. You have to focus on executing your game plan tomorrow night in Miami and try to see if you can play one less game and get into the playoffs. Obviously, you went against the Boston Celtics the last game of the regular season. You didn't play 
the heavy hitters on the Celtics. And you lost that game on ESPN, which I'm not putting a lot of stock into that game. But a Boston Celtics team that you have not beaten this year and you have struggled against them in Boston if you were to beat Miami and take the seven seed and have to travel up to Beantown for a potential seven-game series. The Bucks at number one, if you win the eight seed, a team that you've had a little bit more success against, but right now they are probably the favorites outside of the, you know, the sexy picks and the Phoenix Suns and the, you know, the 76ers have been looking good. The Denver Nuggets are in that conversation. Uh, some people are putting stock into the Warriors making another run or the Lakers. But in my opinion, the Milwaukee Bucks are the favorite and should be the favorite to win the NBA Finals this year. And no matter how you slice it or the success that you've had against this team, that is a tough matchup as well. But we cannot get ahead of ourselves. So we're going to talk more about this matchup versus Miami. And some other games that caught my eye in the stretch that led to the end of the regular season for the Atlanta Hawks. But as always, first, this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues. In every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list? I know which one. It's the Brewskis 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash. Or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. The last time we recorded, and it's been a minute, so I again apologize for the delay, but with moving and everything, it's it's been a lot. So I'm really glad to be back with you guys. But the last time we recorded... The Hawks beat the Cavaliers. Since then, they went up to Brooklyn and went up against a Brooklyn squad that you've had some success against. And you drop a 124-107 contest where you just played bad. It was just a very disappointing performance on the road in Brooklyn. But you follow that up with a 132-130 win over the struggling Mavericks who are not in playoff contention. So... If you guys are tallying up the Trey Young, Luca, who's having more success, 
Even with the Ringer article, Trey Young looks a little bit better right now than Luka Doncic. Even though Luka Doncic is getting less blame than Trey Young, and Dallas is arguably worse off than the Atlanta Hawks. But that's neither here nor there. That's just court of public opinion and people feeling some type of way about Trey Young. And I can I can admit that. Um, after that, the Hawks went on a, on the road and. And in this time period, DeAndre Hunter's been in and out of the lineup, not fully healthy. You got Jalen Johnson back, which is good. So you're relatively healthy going into the playoffs right now. But you were without DeAndre Hunter and Trey Young in that Bulls game when you went on the road and beat them. That's a really good win, in my opinion. One of their better wins in the back half of the season, in my opinion, because this is a team in the Bulls. That if I had to put money on it, this is a team that you're probably going to see. If you lose to Miami, you're probably going to be playing the Bulls, in my opinion. Uh, It's going to be a really interesting matchup between the Raptors and Bulls. But if I had to go with a team, the Bulls, and I will look a little bit more into their numbers. But I would have to say the Bulls are playing a little bit better down the stretch. Then the Raptors, I mean, the Bulls are going in to postseason on a two-game winning streak. You beat the Mavericks on the road, and then you feel good and whoop the Pistons. You lost to a game to the Bucks prior to that, and you lost that game to the Hawks. But they beat the Grizzlies. They blew out the Hornets. They lost to the Lakers and the Clippers, but beat the Lakers before that. I mean, if we're being frank, as long as you have DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, offensively, you're going to give yourselves a chance. And the Bulls are not a bad defensive team by by any means. They're actually in the top 10 in defensive efficiency in the NBA. And actually, in the last 10 games, the Raptors and the Bulls have both won 6 of 10. So playing some decent ball, they both have a, pl- a plus uh, point differential. And I mean, it is a it's a coin coin toss, and the fact that it is in Toronto, um, I would expect the Raptors to be favorites. But if I had to put my money on it, I'm choosing the Bulls to win that game on the road. Um, I mean, even though you know, like I said, the rap the Raptors have probably a better roster. Star power wins these types of games. And between Levine and DeMar DeRozan and their ability to knock down shots, especially if they're in rhythm and they are getting stops on the defensive end, I'm going to put my money on the Bulls. So that win against the Bulls for the Hawks was a really big win to build confidence. And now you get them at your place. You beat them on a buzzer beater earlier in this year. Uh and that was the A.J. Griffin buzzer beater. You lose in a buzzer beater to them a few, day, a few days after that. So if you're the Hawks, you that is probably one of the best wins in the back half of the season, in my opinion. And then you, you beat the Wizards handily, put up 134 on them, and then um, a bad loss against the 76ers team that didn't have any of their stars playing at home to lose by five and give up a 136 with no Embiid, no Harden, no Harris. It's not a good win. 
I mean, not a good loss. Not a good loss at all. And then that Celtics game was a wash. But you've won three of five going into the playoffs. You're going against a Miami Heat team. Like I said, you have not played well against this year. As I said before, in the top half of the program, one and three this year against the Heat. ESPN Analytics are giving the Hawks a 43.6% chance to win. Right now, the spread favors the Heat by five. Currently, the Hawks have no players on the injury report. That's really good. On the Heat side of things, Kyle Lowry and Max Struess are both doubtful for tomorrow's game. So, if you're the Hawks, you have a chance. You you do have a chance. Now, the Heat have won for the last five. So, they're feeling pretty good about themselves as well. You know, beating the Mavericks, which everyone's beating the Mavericks. So, that's neither here nor there at this point. But... You take care. They take care of the Pistons on the road. They beat a Sixers team on the road, one twenty nine, one hundred one. They lose to the Wizards, who the Hawks beat. Um, in the last within the last five games, in the name of the season, with a one twenty three, one ten win against the Magic. So this game is going to come down to can the Hawks continue this offensive flow and this rhythm that they have gotten recently. Because even though Quinn Snyder is 0-2 against the Heat, as he's been the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks, it was early in his tenure with the Hawks. They've had several games under their belt to get used to how he coaches and running you know, the offense that Quinn Snyder likes to run. And and if I had to bet, they're going to execute a little bit better than they did in that two-game series in early March against the Miami Heat. This is a different Hawks team than the Miami Heat saw in March. So that is an advantage for the Hawks, in my opinion. The Hawks are healthier than the Miami Heat. That is an advantage for the Hawks. And it's one game. It's one game. I mean, you can win one game. You can win one game. Like I said, I know that, you know, you guys know I keep it real. You know I keep it real. I I don't try to get too high and too low. But the fact does remain that you can win this game. You can win this game if you're executing on both ends of the floor. If they're executing at a high level offensively and getting some stops, you're going to give yourself a chance to win this game. You are going to give yourself a chance to win this game. When you're looking at the Miami Heat's numbers this year, right now they are, well, to end the year, they are last in points per game in the NBA, but second in opponents' points per game in the NBA. They run a, a slower pace. They're 25th in offensive rating, but they're ninth in defensive rating this year. And here is the thing. This is a team that's always had an identity on a defensive end. They're not a great offensive team. They're not. But 
with that being said, that identity that they have, which the Hawks really don't have a true identity. That's something that has held true. That's why they're 500. You can't tell me identity wise. What is the identity of this team? They're learning a new offense. So you can't really point to offense. You can, you can point to they are a very potent offense at times, but it's not consistent. And that has been the knock on the Hawks this year is what team is going to take the court? What Atlanta Hawks team is going to show up? A team that can put up 134, but let you score 135, 131, 120? Are they going to be the Hawks team that scores 121, but gets stops on the defensive end and holds you to low 100s? Or this is going to be the team that, you know, doesn't execute on offense or defense and you have an opportunity to roll them out of the building. That is an advantage for Miami. Another advantage for Miami. Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. And particularly Jimmy Butler. Now, I know regular season Jimmy Butler is not... Someone to necessarily fear. You have to respect, but you don't have to fear. But playoff Jimmy Butler is a different beast. And Jimmy Butler just seems to flip the switch when the playoffs turn. And Butler averaged just under 23 points, just under six rebounds and five assists per game this year. Bam Adebayo has had a really good year. He will probably be an all-NBA player this year. Tyler Hero, you still got to worry about. And the key is for the Hawks to try to force Jimmy Butler into some tough shots. As tough as you possibly can. Because you know Jimmy Butler still has the capability to hit those shots. But you have to make it hard on Jimmy Butler. And you got to work on the glass. You have to. This is going to be big on a Kongwu. And Capella. And John Collins. It's going to have to be a team effort on the glass. Because you know what Bam Adebayo can do. You're going to have to put a body on Bam Adebayo. And really use your hands defensively. Not to, not to foul him. But to make it tougher for him to see those passing lanes because you know how good a facilitator that Bam Adebayo can be. But those are their two moneymakers. Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler alone, if they're on, can beat the Atlanta Hawks team with their ability to facilitate, their ability to defend, and their ability to play defense. They can beat you. So, like I said, the Hawks are going to have to execute at a high level offensively. They're going to have to make things tough defensively on Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. Whoever is going to be tasked with guarding Hero, you got to stay attached to him because you know that boy is a walking bucket at times. He's a walking bucket. But, like I said, the, Haw the Hawks have to worry about executing on the offensive end because this is a team in Miami that can rebound the ball. They can. They're not the best rebounding team by statistically speaking, but they're a team that 
can rebound in big moments if you let them. They're a team that likes to jump and pass the lane and, and get steals. Um, they are th- third in the NBA in forcing turnovers. Um, they force just under 16 turnovers a game for their opponents. They hold you to low points. They they usually do well in guarding the two-point area and challenging shots within the three-point line. So if you're the Atlanta Hawks, it's going to be crucial for you to be able to shoot the three ball tomorrow night in Miami. That is an area where you can take advantage of Miami. They are towards the bottom half of the NBA as far as opponents three-point shooting percentage and three-pointers made and three-pointers attempted. The Hawks are going to have to shoot the three-ball well tomorrow night in order to win this game. And with some players rested, certainly it could it could be a big game. It could be a big game. Like I said, Trey Young got to rest. DeJounte Murray got to rest. Capella got to rest. He's And obviously, we know that he was a little bit banged up in last year's playoff series, but he's going to have to be a beast on the glass. Give this team some second chance opportunities. John Collins is going to have to crash the glass and give them opportunities. He's going to have to... I say if John Collins can get you two or three three-pointers tomorrow night, that gives the Hawks a chance. If you're DeAndre Hunter, if you can go two for four from three, I like that. Make at least two threes. Between John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, if they give you six threes, you're going to win the game, in my opinion. Because you know what Murray can do. Murray has not had the greatest games against the Heat this year. So... You need Murray to have one of those performances. Not necessarily career high in points, but if Murray can get you 24 points, six assists, eight rebounds, two steals, shooting about, let's say on the low, 48, 49% from the field. He, if he can get to the free throw line about four or five times, that's going to be a good game in my book for DeJounte Murray, and that's going to give you a chance if you're the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young has to be aggressive, facilitating and scoring. He's going to have to make outside shots, along with Murray. Like I said, this whole team is going to have to make outside shots. But certainly, you can't have a two-for-nine, three-point performance if you're Trey Young, if you're trying to win this game, you can't have that performance. So you have to be strategic in your three-point shooting. You have to be strategic when you're going to attack the paint. You're going to have to be strategic with your passes. The the Heat are going to make it tough. They always make it tough on Trey Young. The Heat forced Trey Young to, I want to say his lowest point output this year. If not the second lowest, certainly one of the top two lowest performances for the season offensively, points-wise for Trey Young, was against his Miami Heat team. Trey Young has to be on. DeJounte Murray has to be on. Those are your stars. You're going to have to outplay Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo to win this game tomorrow night. 
So, three-point shooting, executing on the defensive end, getting stops, rebounding. Your stars have to outplay their stars. Your bench is going to have to show up. You, you you keep hyping up the bench. You know, the Wools, the Jalen Johnsons, the Bogies, the Sadiq Bays. They keep hyping them up, and they're a good bench unit. I'm not saying they're not. You're going to have to play like that tomorrow night because you know in home games, especially in the playoffs, role players step up, bench players step up. That's an advantage for the Miami Heat. If you're the Hawks bench, you're going to have to take that personal, and you're going to have to go out there and outplay the Miami Heat bench. If you outplay and outscore the Miami Heat bench by, let's say, six or seven points, that gives that seven points that you're spotting your starters. And if they can knock down some outside shots and get some stops, who knows? I'm giving you guys reasons why the Hawks can win this game. And they do have a puncher's chance to win this game. Now, like I said, Atlanta has hovered around 500 for months. And like I said, the season series has not gone your way. Jimmy Butler in three or four games that you play the Heat, Average 25 points, eight rebounds, six. I'm sorry, eight rebounds, six assists against the Hawks. Trey Young struggled mightily in the four games against Miami. He averaged just under 20 points, just under 10 assists, but shot 35% from the field and just under 21% from three point range. Young and Murray have to be better than. Bam and Jimmy Butler have to be. We all remember how miserable this Miami Heat team made the Hawks in the playoffs last year, particularly Trey Young. Trey Young only averaged 15 points and six assists last year, shot just under 32% from the field and 18% from three in last year's playoff series. Young committed 31 turnovers in five games. That's another key. You have to take care of the ball. That goes with offensive execution, but you got to take care of the ball if you're the backcourt players for the Atlanta Hawks. And I'm not putting this all on Trey Young. This goes with Murray, too. Don't force things that aren't there. Run the offense. Run the offense. Try to get a good shot. Try to get a good shot. But unlike last year, the Hawks have a secondary ball handler playmaker in DeJounte Murray. Like I said, this year, even though he, it hasn't played his best basketball, obviously, if you're looking at the year prior to DeJounte Murray coming to Atlanta from San Antonio, he's still averaging just around 20 and a half points per game, six assists, and five rebounds a game in 74 games. Like I said, he is a key. He is definitely a key, but also... I think the X factor for tomorrow night's game is going to be Sadiq Bey. It's going to be Sadiq Bey, and I think it's going to be Bogey. If they're knocking down shots off the bench, giving them energy, giving them a lift, like I said, it's going to be tough sledding in the paint. If they're knocking down threes and energizing this team off the bench, spotting the, sparter, the starter's points, 
Like I said, if they can give them seven more bench points than the Miami Heat, I think the Hawks can win this game. Like I said, those are the keys. Bench production, shooting threes, rebounding, executing offensively and defensively. And your stars have to outplay their stars. It's going to be a, a very, very highly contested playing game. This is a rivalry game. Southeast division game. I expect it to be physical. I expect it to be playoff basketball. I don't expect the Hawks to put up 134 in this Miami Heat team. I think the magic number for this Hawks team is probably 114. If they can get to 114, you got a chance to win this ball game tomorrow night. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. I think that, like I said, this is a different Hawks team than Miami saw a month ago in Miami. This is a different Hawks team that they saw last year in the playoffs. It's, you got to play like there's no tomorrow if you're the Hawks. You have to play with a sense of urgency. You cannot play as if, oh, we can lose this game and we still have another playing game. I don't want to see that from the Hawks. I don't like that mentality. I think that sets you up for failure. I think it does. So you got to go out there. You got to give it your all. National televised game. Hawks fans complain about not getting enough. Hawks players complain about not getting enough. Tomorrow night, TNT, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. You got a chance be the team you have not played well against. Take the seven seed. Get an extra couple days rest. And start figuring out how you're going to attack the Boston Celtics. And if not, and you play hard, and you fall short, I'll take that effort and take a game at the crib to get the eight seed against either the Raptors or the Bulls. And like I said, I think it'll be the Bulls. It's great to talk playoff basketball here on Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks. It's great to talk to you guys, and I'm sorry again for my absence, but I moved in, I'm settled, still on the packing, but had to come back on here and unpack this playing game tomorrow night for your Atlanta Hawks. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, and tell everybody that Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks is back. Brad Harden is back in time for the playoffs. And I hope to be covering playoff Hawks basketball. Not the right order, but hey, it's here. It's time to go out there and execute if you're the Atlanta Hawks. Hopefully they tune out the ringer and all the other headlines of mediocrity and being mid and being 500. And just go out there and play winner takes all. Play king of the court. Go down to Miami. Enjoy the good weather. But also get a dub if you're the Atlanta Hawks. So stay up to date with us on our Twitter. That's at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That's at Ethos Hawks. And follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jarrett 67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T 67. You'll catch you guys after the Miami game. I will be here after the Miami game. I promise you that. 
I have to record another show tomorrow night, but I will be watching the Hawks game and I will be giving you my synopsis, my reaction to that playing game. I stand on that. So, hope you guys have a wonderful Tuesday leading up to this game. And as always, let's go Hawks.